good, all that is sacred, and in the warm and loving energy of this community, Spiritual Life Center. If you're joining us for the first time, we especially want to welcome you because we know that you are not here by accident. You're here by divine appointment. Thank you for joining us on your unique path today, and we hope you enjoy this special message from this past Sunday's service. Happy Mother's Day. It is, thank you. It's so good to be here. You know, lots of things have changed, but one thing that never changes is our need for mothers and how much they have contributed in our lives. And so today I'm going to give you a little overview of what we're going to be doing. We're going to be honoring mothers. We're going to be exploring some history. We're going to learn how to help others and ourselves to go from surviving to thriving. And we're going to give some practical steps and then have some fun along the way. So can I have a show of hands? How many of you came into this world via a mother? (laughs) Good, we all got something in common. So it's immeasurable how much mothers teach us, isn't it? And so I'm going to tell you a few lessons that you might recall. My mother taught me religion. When I spilled the grape juice on the carpet, she said, you better pray that it comes out. (laughs) She taught me about logic. Why? Because I said so. She taught me about foresight. You know, make sure you wear clean underwear in case you get into an accident. She taught me about irony. If you keep laughing, I'm going to give you something to cry about. (laughs) My mother taught me about weather. It looks like a tornado swept through this room. She taught me about the circle of life. I brought you in, and I can take you out. (laughs) She taught me about behavior modification. Stop acting like your father. And she taught me about stamina. Sit there until you finish your spinach. (laughs) So how I came to be here today was I was in Whole Foods, and I ran into Paula. And Paula asked me if Reverend James had called and asked me yet to to do this talk. And I said no, and kind of hesitated. And she started to walk away. She was about four aisles uh, down, and she shouted, What? You got mommy issues or something? And I said, no, not really. I said, but, you know, Mother's Day is a tricky talk. Someone just reminded me today that I actually gave a Mother's Day talk before. I have no idea what I said. But it it can be a very loving, as I see all these mothers and daughters, very loving, sentimental time. 
or something else. So um, knowing how emotionally charged, because not everybody had a Hallmark mom or was one. So I want you to think about the age your mother was when she had you. You might look around and just think about all the changes and the sacrifices and the things that she went through at that young age. And to really acknowledge her, despite how elegant or awkward she was in developing you as you are today, or her contribution. And our experiences of mothers vary wide, very widely. You know, some mothers have multiple children, while others long to just have one. Some have lost their mothers, while others are dealing with an estranged mother while they're still alive. So wherever that is for you, today is for you. So there's a few people I'd like to acknowledge. To all the people who are waiting to be mothers, recently have become mothers, who have tried to have children but could not, have given them up for adoption or chose not to have a child, let's take a moment to acknowledge with compassion your path. And we know it takes a village to raise us all. There are many mothers and mother-like role models who have stepped in to well-round our lives with their nurturing and their guidance, both male and female. So let us take a moment to silently bless and praise them. And actually, anyone who's taken the time to actually nurture, inspire, help lift another person up. We're acknowledging you today for your capacity to mother. So anyone who's done that, please raise your hand, and I expect every hand to go up. Thank you for answering the call. Now I'd like to invite the mothers to please stand, if you feel comfortable. We honor you because you have made a commitment to bring a life into being. Mothers are for, mothering is not for the faint of heart, as you know. <laughs> you are warriors. You are lovers. You have committed yourself selflessly. You have hidden a lot of your your own fears and your tears to bring out the very best in your children. And you have learned one of the greatest secrets in life, to have a full life, to give is to receive. So everyone, please, let's bless our mothers. Let's rub our hands together and repeat after me. Mothers, we love you. We bless you. We, bless you. we, appreciate, you. we appreciate you. 
And we behold God's love shining through you. Thank you for your commitment to life. Now I invite the grandmothers to still remain standing. So you guys get to make and break the rules, don't you? You have earned a very special place in the family. Your wisdom, your gifts, your knowledge. You get to do this again. And in this, there is so much more that you get to offer those who look up to you. You're amazing. So I want everyone to repeat after me three times. You are loved. You are loved. You are loved. You are loved. And are there any great, great grandmothers? One or two, it doesn't matter. Okay. Oh, wow, this is great. So you have earned a PhD. (laughs) Because, of course, you guys know the right way to do this thing, to do life, don't you? And you let them know. But you have used over decades your wisdom, your humor, your prayers, and your devotion to raise us all up. So silently, everyone, just give them a little blessing. And because of all of that wisdom, I invite you to right now bless us. Thank you. You may be seated. Let's just take a moment to pray for those whose mothers have gone to the great beyond. They're still very much here, very much in our hearts and in our lives. We honor you for the contribution, the amazing grace that you still show us. And we thank God for our mothers. May we feel peace and comfort and knowing that our job in our heart is to live into her legacy by loving even more deeply. Amen. And those of you who are non-binary, I might have to go here. When I talk about masculine and feminine, I'm talking to a quality that we all have it in ourselves, regardless of gender. We just express it in a greater or lesser degree. So there's an individual invitation that we all have as mothers, and I'm including all of you, to walk through a threshold And in this threshold, love is the opening door. And it opens us to worlds that we couldn't even 
imagine. And when we're willing to go there, freedom is what we will embrace. What I'll be talking about also is how being perfect is being asked of us. I know some of you are like cringing, like I was when I first uh, heard that, or they might, you might be irritated or puzzled, like what is she talking about? I know as a kid growing up as a Catholic, when I heard, <clears throat> be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect, I thought, oh well, never do that. So I never really listened to what came after that. But I'm going to talk about how that very command is something that the ancient mother is calling us to do. And if you want to know what the heck I'm talking about, it means you got to stay to the end. <laughs> so as you know, the title of my talk is Ancient Mother, I Hear You Calling. And as Anne so beautifully, hauntingly, presenced that here, we can still feel it today. But why should we talk about the mother? Why should we talk about Mother God? After all, we believe that there's only one presence and one power, active. But, and we know that God is not a thing or an identity to define God by. Traditionally, we have honored God as one gender over another in this culture. But Charles Fillmore in 1921 said, Divine Mother and Divine Father, or Father, Mother, God, must be equally elevated. And it's very important that we do so. But why? You know, each of us have ways to experience the divine. You know, it's been said that it's very hard to separate our identity from our mother's how much they played in our life, shapes who we are today. But it also is true of our relationship to the divine. How we relate to God is how we actually move, as Charles Fillmore said, from mortal human to divine human. And just notice how has that relationship shaped you? Over 35,000 years ago, some of the first images of honoring ancient mother showed up all over the planet. And probably because of the mysteries of childbearing, that was this oh, mystery, this incredible miracle. But also honoring divine mother was reflected in the culture. Cultures who honored that collaboration, who honored harmony, love and appreciation of nature, um, guided by an inner knowing. That sacred presence was experienced as everything in everything. And those cultures thrived. Charles Fillmore, co-founder of the Unity Movement, studied with many Jewish mystics. And in the Kabbalah, God the Father is known as 
ineffable, unseen, unnamed, vast, and Mother God is expressed as God's activity among us. And though I didn't learn this in Catholic school, there's actually many references to the feminine name of God in the Old Testament. The name El Shaddai, which means breasted one. Sophia is written about in Proverbs, Ecclesiastics, and the Song of Solomon. In fact, the word philosophy, philo, love, wisdom, love of wisdom, love of Sophia is where that word comes from. And she was very prominent from about the 4th century to the 1st before Christ. And around 650 BCE, Pythagoras, known as the father of mathematics, taught that Sophia wisdom is experienced when we go to the source of divine in our hearts. And as we reside there, knowing that's where our next move, our next inspiration, our next reaching out to another arises from. In Hebrew, God's name is chokmah, which means the life of God or the essence through which the divine acts and renews all things. And Charles Fillmore, in his teachings of the 12 powers, says, you can't have love without wisdom, and wisdom must be guided by love for there to be that place of thriving of the masculine-feminine principles. But this became skewed with an imbalanced view. A higher viewing became a narrow point of view. What became valued was power over. There was a hierarchical way of living, and that was reflected in religion. God was moved from our hearts to the heavens. There were those who were the intercessories, the, 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 the Pharisees, the, the rabbis, the priests, the, those who, the prophets even, those who would speak to us on, or speak to God on behalf of us. That Father God became that vast, elusive seeking out there for what we would call our salvation. And the mother goddess was gradually replaced with Father God, and ancient mother was replaced with the Virgin Mary. I know as a Catholic, Virgin Mary just seemed to be the untouchable. Couldn't quite relate to her. During the time of Christ, there was a philosopher, a teacher, a writer named Filio of Alexandria. And his prolific writings, his intent was to actually remove the, rem the remembrance of the mother. And he said, for progress indeed is nothing else than giving up the feminine gender by changing her into a male. Because female is physical, and the male is thought and mind. And eventually women weren't allowed in the temples or even to utter the scripture. And scholars have found that John, John of the Gospels was deeply influenced by Philo. And so what he did in his writings is he moved from sophiology to Christology, 
one of the teachings of Sophia is she, and the word was made flesh, and the word dwelt among us. She was the I am wisdom. And this became then Christ, the Logos, the I am. And if you noticed in, in John, the loving, caring um, acts of Jesus is described more than in the other Gospels. Many scholars now refer to the teachings as Jesus Sophia or Sophia Jesus as being one in the same teachings. And in many traditions, Jewish Gnostic in the Quran, Unity's teachings, the Holy Spirit is honored as the Divine Mother. In fact, in the grammar, um, in the written language in Aramaic, the language of Jesus, the Holy Spirit was feminine, as well as in Hebrew. In Greek, the Holy Spirit was neutral, and in Latin, it was masculine. And by the fourth century, the Holy Trinity, the, the male Holy Trinity, was um, established. It's interesting, though, that in the Tibetan culture, the masculine, the female, the feminine principle is considered to be of wisdom. And the masculine principle is well-balanced, is of compassion. Just the opposite of what we would think. The call of the ancient mother is to actually learn to turn to each other in collaboration, in integrity, to be still, to listen, trusting our inner knowing again, our inner connection with the divine. And once again, to, to discover that sacred presence in everything and everyone so that we can move from surviving to thriving. I mean, I think as crazy as things have been moving, the Me Project is getting old. It's really about collaborating and turning toward each other because we hold immense gifts that need to be called forth and immense gifts to share with each other. So how do we get there? So I have found that there are some lessons that we have received, male or female, from our children. So I'm going to name a couple spiritual principles. First one is whatever we hug, hugs us back. You notice you hug a child, they just kind of cling back to you, unless they're being fuzzy. And whether, so it's whether it's holding a child that hugs us back, it's also when, whatever we hold our dreams or even our fears, it will hold, it will hug us back. So be mindful of what you are clinging to. Recently, in preparation for today, I was searching <clears throat> in the garage for this, um, through this cabinet where I knew my mom's notebook was, that I had put it there after she had died. And I knew she had always sent me little cards and really inspirational notes that she's, you know, gathered along the way. And I thought, well, I'll find something for today. 
But what I found was I found a quote and a commentary that really moved me. And the quote was, fear not death, but not truly living. And in her commentary, she wrote that she wished she could have shown or told her children that she loved them. And I was so moved by her vulnerability and her honesty that here she faced many challenges and was trying to find a way back but couldn't to the people that she was the closest to. I do have to say, though, years before she died, she did get there, and she did tell us and show us that she loved us. And we also know, um, as mothers or caregivers, that our kids aren't always kind. You know, adolescents may go through a stage thinking we're it, we've got it all figured out, but that can actually lead to a lot of high anxiety and depression. Have you noticed? So I saw a t-shirt the other day that said, our ego is not our amigo. <laughs> and the query is, in our society today, are we looking for a way out instead of a way through. Recently, I heard something very, it struck me very deeply. It says, we can forgive a child who's afraid of the dark, but the tragedy is when adults are afraid of their own light. Principle number two, choose your alliance. Are we listening to a limited mind that has no power or are we listening to a power that has no limits? We get to choose. What frequency are we tuning to? A mother's guidance helps us find our truth forever, and it is forever etched in our character. Sometimes their guidance is gentle, sometimes not so much, like, do your best, Daniel. Mothers teach us that even if we're not always treated fairly, as Mother Teresa would say, love them anyway. And you know that special thrill that a mother receives when a child comes rushing into their arm and they squeal at the sight of them? They carry that no matter what age that child is. They still carry it with them. And we have that gift to give each other to maybe not squeal in delight, but we can inside when we behold how precious each other is, the truth of who we really are. And mothers teach us that we can say small things with great love. We can be present for another, like Claudia was with her mom, to cherish each moment that she was here and know how that just filled the room. 
comfort one another, delight in each other's presence, and cherish, because you don't know how long that person's going to be with you. So what's ancient mother's call for us? Well, in the 1980s, I was traveling with my mother in Germany, and we were going by a school, and there were kids being let out, and there was a group of about three or four boys, and as we passed them, they nodded, and they said, Gret in God, and I know I'm butchering that, but what it means is go in God, not go with God, but go in God. So that's the third principle that I think Divine Mother ancient mother would like you to remember. You know, our faith changes our brain because it helps us as when we believe in something greater than ourselves, then what we begin to do is see things radically different for what's possible. The fourth spiritual principle is to be is to have. To be beauty or love to have it, be it. To have love, be that loving presence, that graceful presence, that forgiving presence. My mom used to say, I forgive and I forgive quickly because I'm, sh I'm selfish. I don't like how I feel when I resent them and I don't like where I go. And so when I be lifted up, all else is raised unto me. So I challenge you this week to speak often, to be love, say, I love it when, and not I love it when the sun's shining, when it's raining, but when you're truly in an experience of appreciation, be this gratitude frequency. There's a man who wrote, his name is um, Carl Johann Kalamann. And he wrote a book called The Nine Waves of Creation. And he said he worked with the Mayan calendar. And he said the predictions are that this is the time when the veil between us and the divine is dissolving. That our job is to turn to each other and find that sacred unity to be inside this larger body of the divine and to find that within each other. And the last spiritual principle is to stay present and close inside because that in this moment is where presence is revealing itself. As Patricia Albert in her book Evolutionary Relationships would say, stay on the inside. Close that gap of separation with you and another. Stay present. You know, when my mom was dying <clears throat> from multiple myeloma, it was a very painful death. And I had a spiritual teacher that I spoke to named Ross, who just before I was about to meet with her, he said, no matter what, don't distract yourself. Stay as present as you can. And I remember there was where she was looking right past me. She was screaming for her mother. She was terrified. And I wanted to do and fuss, and all of a sudden I remembered what he said. And I stayed present 
with her. And in that moment, presence met itself. It was the greatest gift we could have given each other. Stay present. Because there's so much presence wants to gift you. And I can imagine on her last breath, her hearing, go in, go in God, well, well done. You know, we've all birthed many positive experiences and many positive energies into the world. Keep it up. And so keep looking for those opportunities to do that. So in closing, I would like to share with you what Jim Carrey might have taught us about mothering. <laughs> Too bad Jesse isn't here. He, I hear he makes a great Jim Carrey face. <laughs> well, we're going to put him on the spot. <laughs> he said... How can I be a love-happening story everywhere I am? How can I do that? Free people from concern. Notice how you can be a peacemaker. The effect on you have on others is the most valuable currency you have. The more you give, the more you heal from separation. Everyone you meet is secretly asking you to hold their hand, to listen and help heal their fears, and to accept them. We're all in this together. Be a lover and a presence for compassion. Pierce that veil of separation. Ancient Mother's Call is for us to be kind and present, to notice who you're hugging. Is it love or fear? Not who you're hugging, what you're hugging. To go in God, to be present, and to open your heart, share the gifts that you have, and let this great love Greet and embrace us all. It's right here. So, happy Mother's Day. May you all know the gift of mothering that you get to bring each day. And as a friend of mine also said to you guys, hey, mother, happy day. <laughs> Thank you. We are grateful for the opportunity to share with you today and hope you've taken something from this Sunday's message. If you'd like to hear more from Spiritual Life Center, be sure to click subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening from. You can find out more about our community on our website at www.slcworld.org. We look forward to being a part of your continued spiritual journey. Wherever you are, God is, and all is well. Spiritual Life Center Transforming Life
One heart.